Hey there! How's it going, everybody? My name is Ethan Lee, and this is For Whom the Podcast Tolls. This is the official podcast of For Whom the Cowbell Tolls, which is SB Nation's Mississippi State community. I am your host, and I am the managing editor of For Whom the Cowbell Tolls. On today's show, we're going to look at the upcoming game against the South Carolina Gamecocks. We are going to... well, I am going to, since it's not a we, but I'm going to answer your questions, and then... You know, a lot of people are mad at me for dwelling on the South Alabama game or whatever, but I'm going to take a look at something that recently just came to my attention. Um, I posted an article about it last night, or, well, tonight as I record. But, you know, it's just kind of interesting. So, but before that, we're going to look at the Gamecocks and look at... And they actually kind of look like a not-completely-dumpster-fire team. That being said, they're, they're still not good. But, you know, they were able to come away with a win against Vanderbilt. It was at Vanderbilt, if I remember correctly. Um, looked awful in the first half. They're just garbage. But, you know, found themselves down 10 to nothing. Come back, win the game. That's what matters the most, is you can win the game on a last-minute field goal. Yeah. Hashtag sad online. But, you know, just South Carolina was able to make halftime adjustments. They were able to come out and win the game. Um, their quarterback situation did not look any better than what we were expecting it to. They actually had a decent running game at times. And as a whole, not a total dumpster fire. So good for you, South Carolina. Um, and just some quick notes looking at their team. You know, Perry Orth and Brandon McIlwain. As I said, coming into the season, Perry Orth looks like a good game manager, and that's what he looked like against Vanderbilt, which Vanderbilt has a good defense. Um, that's the only good thing about Vanderbilt, besides the fact that they're all smarter than me. I, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not certain of that, but I can get a pretty good feel that if you go to Vanderbilt, you're probably smarter than me. Just, just saying. Uh, you're at least much harder working than I am. I'm... Yeah. You can't be not smart and not hardworking, kids. Stay in school and don't do drugs. I don't do drugs. Let me just press... Yeah. I don't do drugs. DEA, don't show up at my door. Mom, if you're listening, I don't do drugs, I promise. Um, this got off on a really weird... <laughs> okay, but looking at... God, where was I? I'm not doing drugs, I promise. Um, but looking at the, uh, the offense, Perry Orth and Brandon McIlwain, uh, Perry Orth looked solid at times. Brandon McIlwain, a freshman, did not look all that great, but he's still very talented. He looks decent running at times, um, and that's something that Orth, while he can run, McIlwain's probably the better of the two. And that being said, Perry Orth has monumentally more experience than Brandon McIlwain. And so Orth was really one of the reasons why they won this game. Um, all of that aside, Brandon McIlwain is going to be their future. And Will Muschamp and Kurt Roper getting him experience now and using him similar to how, I mean, these, are, these guys pretty much the same build as each other, Orth and McIlwain, that is. But the way that he's using those two really kind of reminds me of, what was it, uh, Chris Ralph and 
Tyler Russell, just the roles reversed and the running passing. Because the passer here, the better passer here is more experienced at South Carolina than running wise. But just the way that, you know, when I say Ralph and Russell, I'm thinking back to the, uh, the 2011 season to where Muschamp is just inserting as he sees fit. Kurt Roper is inserting the quarterbacks as he sees fit to help get them more momentum. And that's something that, you know, the saying goes, if you have two quarterbacks, you have none, blah, 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 blah. There are occasions where the two-quarterback system can work, and when you're trying to get a guy as young as McIlwain some experience, this is the perfect system for him in a year that they're not expected to make a bowl by most by most people. So, you know, I have no qualms with this. This is actually a really good, really, really smart way to do this. Um, I don't know if Dan Mullen could do this, I mean, he's done it before, but, you know, just, yeah. So, but at the moment, you know, I'm actually a fan of this two-quarterback system. It looks like it'll work for them until McIlwain can eventually take the reins or they trust Orth enough to win games for them. And I expect that to continue. Um, in, the, in the Vanderbilt game, they combined for... To go 16 of 30 for 187 yards. Those aren't good numbers. I'm by by no definition are those good numbers, and those won't win you most games. But Vanderbilt does have a good defense. Orth is a game manager. He doesn't have that many great weapons around him. McElwain, a freshman, this is his first game ever. I would expect him to be. You know, he's going to have ups and downs. I would expect him to get better as the year goes on um looking at their running game they uh they ran it somewhat efficiently you know aj turner looked pretty good he ended up getting what was it like 70 crap i don't remember if i remember correctly it was something like 70 yards off of 12 or so carries don't quote me on that like perfectly but that's what i remember i can't believe that i didn't write that down um and McIlwain is a solid running threat, as I mentioned earlier. If he gets into space, he's going to be dangerous. And that's not something that the Bulldogs need, especially after you know, Dallas Davis. You know, he started cutting us up with the arm, and then he started to run, and then he started to do both, and then it was a nightmare. Um, Perry Orth can throw it. McIlwain can run it. They're not going to be on the field at the same time, more than likely, but... There is some potential that we will run into problems there. Um, so if the Bulldogs are going to face Brandon McIlwain, we're going to have to force him to beat us with his arm. Yeah, I, you know, I don't know what else you can do there. He's young, he's fresh, you start hitting him early and often. He might not want to be throwing it as much, might have some errant throws. Uh, might look kind of like Josh Dobbs did against Appalachian State. So turnovers, maybe we can get turnovers this year. We didn't get them last year. Looking at, uh, yeah, no. And Perry Orth, he can do a little bit of both. But again, hit him early, hit him often, hit him in the mouth. Force him to make mistakes. Looking at their defense. Um, 
mean, their defense looked very, very good. Again, it was just Vanderbilt, but it looked good. Especially so in the second half. They were able to make those halftime adjustments. They were able to lock down on Vanderbilt's offense. Their scheme's not that great, but they were able to close down on what the Commodores were doing. That being said, they didn't generate much pressure. You know, I don't really remember if Vanderbilt has a decent offensive line. I, If I remember correctly, South Carolina's defensive front seven should be good. They only got one sack. So, I mean, for as much as we were complaining about, oh, man, our defensive front seven is supposed to be a strength, and we're not getting many sacks, and we're not constantly disrupting. I mean, we got, what, three times as many sacks as they did? So... 300%. Yeah. Yeah, no. Um, but their their defense should be good. And given the way that our offensive line played in the second half, you never know what's going to happen. So, and if they can make adjustments the way they did against Vanderbilt and the way that South Alabama did against us, we might have some problems. Um, and then... Looking at special teams, Elliot Fry is a very, 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 very good kicker. He, um, he's going to make a lot of money in the NFL. He, I mean, he won them that game. There's, there's no way that they win that game without Elliot Fry. Elliot Fry is good. He's scared. He, uh, if we are in a close game and it comes down to them kicking a field goal, I am not I'm not going to watch. I'm just going to turn around and close my eyes and cover my ears and go into the fetal position because they can win on a field goal. Like there are no questions there. Elliot Fry's been good his entire career. Um looking at their punting situation, they accumulated 279 punting yards. That's they punted a lot, seven times. Um, when you're punting that much, that your offense isn't that good. But you know they have a pretty good punter. They're averaging just just right below 40 yards per punt. So if they're able to pin us deep, that might present some problems, especially if their defense can make adjustments to our offense consistently. So as a whole, I think this is going to be a fairly close game. Um, I don't expect it to be high scoring whatsoever, given what we've seen from each team. State was originally favored by, what was it, like 10 points? I don't understand that. I don't understand that whatsoever. Um, and it's not so much anymore. Last I saw, it was like 6.5 points. And still, I don't think State will win by that much. I'm going to go with the final score of Mississippi State scores 20, South Carolina scores 14. And I think it's going to be a lot closer than what we want to see. Um, but at this point, starting the SEC slate, trying to find a way to get bowl eligible, which is a valid concern. Like that, This is a reasonable thing to be concerned about at this point. A win is a win. And if we can beat South Carolina, then that's that's good. That, that's very good. Um I'll take that. That being said, I want to see a score like 570 fit. Blah, blah, blah. I can't talk. I want to see a score 578 points. Like, I don't want to see 
anything low scoring. I don't want to see any conservative play calls. I just want us to go out and score all the points. I don't care who's that quarterback. If I'm the quarterback, then I want to score all the points. Like, we just need to score a lot of points. Um, that being said, I, I am not qualified to be a quarterback. My shoulder is crap. My knees are awful. I'm allergic to pain. Don't make me the quarterback. Please, thank you. So, yeah, no, I think we come away with the win. I think it's going to be closer than what we want. You know, I'm predicting just under that 6.5 favorite. Yay, we win. So then, looking back just for a minute. Don't hate me for this. Don't get mad at me, Facebook. I know you're going to get mad at me because that's what you do. Um, Even though, like, a lot of y'all seem to like what I post, except for the South Alabama stuff. And I don't like posting the South Alabama stuff. But it's relevant news. And it was brought up to me last night as you listen. Unless you're listening in like 37 years in the future. Um, but you know, there are, uh, our friends over at College in Magnolia. I, I think that's right. Is it right? Yeah. I think it's College in Magnolia. They're the Auburn SB Nation site. They sent me an interesting picture. By now, you've probably seen it if you're listening to this podcast. But, um, yeah, it's a, it's a scene of after the South Alabama game, right as it's coming to a close, right after the missed field goal, it goes off the upright. I'm still sad. But after the field, goes, the field goal goes off the upright, the uh, South Alabama players... Obviously excited, obviously having fun, and there's two guys wearing the same number jersey on the field at the same time. Yeah, two guys wearing number 12. You can't do that. You can't have two guys on the field at the same time wearing the same number. That's against the rules. For those of you that don't know, last I saw it was against the rules. I, I could be wrong. Um, and, you know, I could be wrong on the timing of this picture, but it doesn't look like this is when, given the placement of everything, I'm going to include the picture in this article, just don't hate me, but as a whole, it, uh, I mean, I'm, I'm going to go ahead and say that I am still bitter. I wholeheartedly admit that I am still bitter. And that being said... It shouldn't have come down to this kick. I'm not blaming Weston Graves. I'm not even blaming this penalty. I'm just saying that, you know, whether it was SEC refs or whatever conference South Alabama's in, I don't... Was it Conference USA? Sunbelt? I don't... Whatever. Um, Whatever refs were on the field, whatever refs were paying attention to this, they need to pay attention to this. You can't do that. That being said... This play should not have mattered the way it did. <coughs> we should have won regardless. So I can't blame this play alone. You know, there's too much going into this uh this game. So and uh now on to your questions. Let's see. Going to my mentions. Let's see. From Justin Strawn at J Strawn FWTCT. That stands for For Whom the Cowbell Tolls. 
in case you didn't know. Can you suggest new hobbies our fans can take up on Saturdays if State loses to South Carolina? I like disc golf. I like going hiking. I, um... Probably throwing all of our phones and TVs and any other device that's connected to ways that we could catch up with Mississippi State football. Just throw all of those into the ocean. Yeah. That sounds like a fun hobby. Um, top dog at lounge underscore dog. Do you think we play on our A game after last week? Oh, Lord, I hope so. <laughs> Unless our A game stands for, like, apathy game. And then I, I don't want another apathy game because that's what we got. And we should never have another one of those. Um, Bob Garskadden was saying that the team obviously was not handling... Or not, well, I mean, they were probably handling it better than whatever. Um, but they were just not, they were not happy with the loss. That needs to translate to the field, but that's somewhat promising, I guess. Bob, again, works for the university, the eternal optimist anyway. But, um, you know, if they're upset for lack of a more profane word then I will be, you know, if they're upset and it translates over to the field, then I'll be pretty happy. That being said, I don't know what to expect besides a, a close game. And if a close game is our best effort, then that's our best effort, so be it. But I just want to see our best effort on the field, and I think that's what most of the fans want. I think that's what the, the players want anyway, too. And then from College in Magnolia. So I was right, it is College in Magnolia. Ha. So, seeing this picture of y'all's last play and that it should have been a penalty, and this is the picture I was referring to, it's probably going to get retweeted a dozen or so more times. You're probably going to see it. I'm going to include it in here. So, yeah. Yeah, I have seen the picture now. It should have been a penalty. Shouldn't have mattered. The play shouldn't have counted. We should have won that game by 37, but, yeah. Scrolling, scrolling, scrolling. From Justin Sturdivant. I don't think I've had a question from you in a while, Justin. So it's, it's good to have some questions for you, buddy. And you're at State now, aren't you? If I remember correctly, you're a, you're a freshman or something. So if you are, welcome to Mississippi State. And to all of our other freshman friends out there, including... Um, I know Will Larson's here. So hi, Will. But I don't... I thought there were some more that tweeted at me. My, now Corbin's... Like a... Senior? Junior? I don't know. Um, but anyway, from Justin. At Justin underscore 1522. I don't know what the 1522 stands for. Is that a score? Is that, like, how old you secretly are? Anyway. Do you think Coach Mullen will wear shorts Saturday night? I hope so. Like, I, I sincerely hope he does, just to mess with and piss off a whole bunch of old people that are upset that he's wearing shorts. Like, who cares? I don't I don't understand that. Like, you... I, I think the only reason that a lot of people care is because he wore it and we lost. If we didn't lose, would you really be caring right now? Like, I'm not... That's not just aimed at you, Justin, but that's aimed at everybody. Like... What does it... What does it really matter? What? It was hot. 
It was really, really hot, and it's hot on that field. Do you think he wants to wear pants? I wouldn't want to wear pants. Who would want to wear pants? Besides, like, the frat guys that dress up in the suits and stuff, and then they all, like, die of heat exhaustion. The band doesn't wear pants. They wear shorts. I don't care that... And he's not Nick Saban, and Nick Saban would never wear shorts. I don't care. Like, I, I don't care. If Dan Mullen wants to wear shorts, let him wear his shorts. I am hashtag pro shorts. We're making it a hashtag now. From Chief Dragon Canoe at I-T-F-T-P-L-A-D-D. Ithfplad? I don't know. Hi, Chief Dragon Canoe. How are you today? Are we sure there isn't a more PG name for a rooster that South Carolina can use? Think of the message it sends to the kids. What is their... Oh, their mascot's named Cocky or something like that. I mean, there's got to be something. There has to be. Abby Hunt, you uh, you went to South Carolina and then you transferred. I'm blaming you. You, you need to find a new name for that, that rooster. Or no, um, what's their real rooster's name, Chief? Big Spur or something like that? I don't really know. Sorry, South Carolina fans, if you're listening in, don't hate me. Don't at me. Do at me. I'll tweet at you back. We'll see what happens. Um, from Robert Mullen. I wonder if he's related. At RWMullen14. Is Coach going to wear shorts or khaki pants? I hope he wears shorts. Shorts, shorts, shorts. Shorts, 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 Yeah. I am hashtag pro shorts. From our good friend Lewis at MSU Lewis. He's got, he's still got the I stand with Steve picture. I'm surprised that's still going on. You know, maybe not. Whatever. Um, first question, because he sends a list of questions. It's really cool. Best fast food pizza place. Hmm. I really like Domino's. I mean, if if Lost Pizza counts as a fast food pizza place, then Lost Pizza, also really good. But if we're going with, like, the traditional ones, then give me Domino's any day of the week. The Papa John's, not that great here. I don't generally like Pizza Hut. And what is the other big one? It's cheap. They sell it at the stadium. I can't even think of the name. Little Caesars. Don't really like Little Caesars either. So yeah, I'm gonna go with Domino's. What is? Oh, why did it close? Second question. What is the second question? Worst place to eat in Starkville. McDonald's. Um. I mean, I feel like McDonald's is always the right answer for these sort of things. The Burger King on campus. Not really that great. Replace it with a Whataburger. Go ahead and do that. Um, I've been calling for that since my freshman year. It still hasn't happened, but maybe one day. Because now all of you jerks are stealing my campaign. Getting a Whataburger to Starkville. Jerks. So third question. If State's quarterbacks struggle the whole season, do you think they would try to bring Staley back? This is actually an interesting question. It's something I've been wondering since Saturday. <laughs> um, I, if Staley has like this 
magnificent, amazing, wonderful, fantastic season, then it's possible. I just don't see why Staley would come back. You know? I mean, if he left, he didn't win the job the first go-round, and what incentive is there to come back if there's no guarantee that he's going to win the next go-round? Like, I'd like to see Staley come back. He was arguably the most athletic. He had arguably the biggest arm. I mean, the dude was 6'6", 6'7", and could run. I mean, I would love Staley to come back, but I just don't know if that'll happen. I, I just don't know. Um, I don't see it happening. Best percentage chance I can give it would be like a 20% chance, and even that feels too high for me. Um, doesn't mean that Dan Mullen's not going to try. I just don't see it happening. Fourth question. Can Daniel come back on the show full-time because the last ep- the last episode was very entertaining? I-, I mean, if you want Daniel back on the show, start tweeting at him and pestering him because I enjoyed having him back on the show. That was fun. I enjoy it. I enjoy doing the show on my own. Like, I feel like I've gotten in somewhat of a groove to where I can do this on my own. But at the same time, it is fun having him along with me so that way shenanigans happen. That being said, I talked about how I don't do drugs on this show, so whatever. On a scale of nervous to scared, a whole bunch of, you know, not pound signs. Well, there's the pound sign in there, or a hashtag, as the kids these days say it. Um, the scared poop emoji-less. We'll go with that, because that's PG-13. Whatever. Um... How do you feel about Saturday's game? I'm nervous, but I'm not. This is hard to quantify. I'm anxious more than anything else because I just kind of want this to be over. I mean, and and when I say that, I mean, you know, if we win, I'm still going to be nervous about the rest of the season. If we lose, I'm kind of resigned to the fact that the season is what it is, you know? Um, if we can get it over with, if we can win this game, I'm probably going to be nervous for the remaining home games, the four remaining home games, because I plan on going to all of them. If we lose, I, uh, I still probably go to most of the games, most of the remaining games. I paid for the tickets, and I enjoy football. Um, that being said, it won't be fun, and, but I will know what to expect more if we lose. If we win, the season's still up in the air. It could go either way. And then that's all from Lewis. Thanks, Lewis. Okay. From Corbin. I hate life. Are we going to lose? One, don't hate life. Two, I don't think we're going to lose because South Carolina is still awful. And they have yet to prove me otherwise. That being said, we are not good. And they, we have not... We, well... This is weird to say. MSU has not done anything to prove otherwise to me so far. So, I don't think we're going to lose because I think we're less of a dumpster fire than South Carolina. But we're still not great. If we lose, is it okay? There is more to life than college football. But it is not okay. (laughs) Um, Yeah. In the grand scheme of things, I think we'll all be okay. If we lose, we'll just move on and wait for basketball season, I guess. I mean, I still have to write about this stuff, and it's not going to be fun for me. 
but yeah for you it'll be fine you you can just ignore mississippi state for the rest of eternity unless we pull off some miracle if we lose if we win then we're all going to be on the edge of our seats wondering how the season's going to go question three from corbin get daniel back that's not a question mr vanderlip at kt vanderlip oh i forgot to say corbin's at corbin gw14 now on to mr vanderlip um we know that coach dan mullen will be wearing long pants i hope he's not wearing long pants shorts forever man the question is pleated or flat front i don't really know i i flat front let's go with flat front why did vegas question number two why did vegas pick state as a favorite that's a very good question <laughs> i think it's because of what i've said earlier is that you know south carolina still a dumpster fire until proven otherwise mississippi state still bad but not as bad as a dumpster fire so more like a trash can fire that's rolling down a hill and it's full of poop still not great but it's not that dumpster question three history tells us that when an sec school loses to loses its opener to a sunbelt conference team they average 3.8 wins that season and when they lose to an acc school it's 4.4 wins per or that year why are we the only school lined up to jump off a cliff looking at you Ole miss and auburn this is a fantastic question one well i mean there's a very simple answer because one auburn and Ole miss lost to the best two acc te- blah, 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 blah. the best two acc teams out there i mean we may have ended up losing to the best sunbelt team but they still lost to two teams that'll likely contend for the national title yeah um that being said you know if Ole miss and auburn go and get four wins this year and we get four wins this year i'll be happy ish no i'm not gonna be happy but you know i'll be misery loves company if they go 4.4 wins we go 3.3 well no 3.8 wins then we're all awful we can all drink together yay question four do you truly believe what we saw last saturday is who this team really is I mean, this goes back to the Bob Garskadden thing, um, you know, talking with the players and how he sees that they're fired up. And I truly hope that what we saw is not who they are. But again, small sample size, have to go with what we've seen. I don't want to say that's who they are, but until they show me otherwise, that's who they are. Question five. Would the dogs play this weekend like a team worthy of an old world ode? I hope so because I keep forgetting to read these, but your old world odes are fantastic. We're going to make that a segment on here. Um, we're going to get you on here one time and you're going to read an old world ode. If you're up for that, no pressure. Question six. Will our defensive line get enough pressure on the quarterback to keep our defensive backs from being exposed? Good question. Um, I think it has to be more than the defensive line. I think it needs to be the linebackers. 
think you need to get Richie Brown involved. I think you need to get Leo Lewis involved. And Leo Lewis was amazing in his debut. Just phenomenal. But it needs to be more than the defensive line because the defensive line showed that they weren't necessarily enough. Now, I mean, if Jeffrey Simmons and Nick James comes back and they prove to be enough, then yay. Um, but, I mean, as it stood last week, it just wasn't enough. So I think you need to get the linebackers more involved, find a way to get energy, I guess. And then just – because there's no way that the defensive backs can – I mean, against South Carolina, maybe. I don't, I don't know. But all season – you're going to need to find a way to manufacture pressure, manufacture disruption. You need to do that with your front seven because that's the best unit you've got. And so that's all for today's show. Thanks for everybody listening in. Thanks for everybody sending in questions. I appreciate it. Um, stay hashtag very quality. <laughs>